This is the Yoga Off the Mat podcast, a space you can learn how to deepen your connection with yourself, to live a fulfilled, passionate, and authentic life using the lessons from the mat. I'm your guide, host, and teacher, Amber Hackberg, and I'm here to inspire you to take time for yourself so that you can embody the practice of yoga and live your yoga on and off the mat. So today is an exciting day. This is Yoga Off the Mat with Amber Hagberg, and I have my very first guest speaker. This is Karen Fabian. I was a guest speaker on her podcast, Bears Bones Yoga, and I'm really excited to share with you her expertise because what she dials into is anatomy and the importance of how we move our bodies. And so I'll let you introduce yourself now, Karen. Sure. Well, Amber, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I loved having you on my podcast and it's so cool to now have an opportunity to meet your listeners. Um, As you said, my name is Karen Fabian and I am coming at you from Boston where I live just outside Boston. I've been a yoga teacher for many, many years. And as you mentioned, my specialty is anatomy. And so my focus is really to help teachers understand anatomy so that they can share it with their students confidently in their cues and their sequences and all those conversations and questions that they get from their students. Mm, Yes, I love that. And would you share with us a little bit more about why you feel so strongly that anatomy is an important subject for yoga teachers to begin to understand? Oh, gosh, sure. Um, I mean, I think a lot of times when I talk to yoga teachers, they definitely say, oh, of course, you need to understand anatomy. That's an important part of yoga teaching. And then when I have further conversations with them, they may bring up that they don't feel really confident when they're teaching, or they have that kind of funny feeling in their stomach. Like I'm just kind of repeating what I was trained to say, and I don't really know it. And so no one out there is really debating that understanding anatomy is a key part of being Um, a competent and confident yoga teacher. I think where teachers sometimes get tripped up is making the connection between how their teaching is going and what knowledge they may be lacking. And I think a lot of that really comes from the way teachers are trained, you know, for a variety of reasons, you know, the fact that there are hundreds of yoga teacher trainings happening all over the world. And anatomy is presented really differently depending on who's presenting it. Without a real kind of standard way teachers are learning, what they're often left with is kind of, here's what you need to know and here's what you need to say. And so there's a real gap for a lot of teachers between what they truly feel like they know and how they're operating in the studio in terms of saying whatever they're saying for cues. So, you know, my goal is really to close that gap because, you know, I think for the most part, teachers want to teach confidently and they want to feel authentic. And there's nothing to me more 
disempowering for a yoga teacher than to say, you know, if someone asks them a question like, hey, why did you ask us to squeeze around our sitting bones when we were in bridge? And the teacher's like, well, that's what I was trained to say, or that's what I was taught to say. I mean, that is the most disempowering thing for a teacher because it basically says to the student, I'm not really sure why I'm using this cue. It's what I was told. And that's the connection often for teachers that I help them make when we start to explore why they're not feeling um, authentic and confident in their teaching. Yeah, and I think you brought up a really good topic because if you get trained with one teacher, one um, yoga background versus another, the cues are contradictory. So how how do you find your voice as a teacher if Bikram yoga says this, Ashtanga yoga says this, Hatha yoga says yes, Vinyasa yoga says this, and it's contradictory. Yeah, so I think that absolutely is a really confusing um, reality for yoga teachers. And I think what, Um, In my approach in working with teachers, I have um, a program that I use as the platform to train teachers. It's called the Blueprint Learning Program, and it's comprised of an online course, an anatomy manual, a practice portal, uh, and coaching calls. And what I share with teachers that are in my program is really um, a, a, a process where they in a step-by-step way, build a foundational knowledge of anatomy so that they have that as the foundation. And when you have that foundation, you're able to kind of move around more freely. You're not locked into, I've only been trained in this one way. So the cues I know are for this one way. And I can't really understand beyond that. That way of thinking comes from only being trained on how to do something without really understanding the knowledge that goes with it. You know, the way I look at it as a process is you learn the information first, and then you're trained on how to apply that information to teaching. And that's why at the beginning, when I was introducing myself, I specifically said, I help teachers understand anatomy so that they can share it through their cues and their sequences and their conversations I have with students. I didn't come up with those three skills. Those skills were defined to me through many years of having teachers go through my program. And in the beginning stages, them sharing with me what their goals were. And so when you have that underlying foundational knowledge of the key aspects of anatomy, you can move from type to type, uh, you know, type of yoga to different type of yoga and still confidently share information because you understand how it's applied to the body. Yeah. And and with that being said, once you understand the way in which anatomy works and you're sharing cues, because as a yoga teacher trainer, I led over 20 yoga 
teacher trainings and every student's body is different. So a cue that works for my body and my anatomy can be different for another student. So when you go, for example, through your program, are you then able to understand why each person's body is different? Why this cue might work for me, but doesn't work for someone in another body frame or type? Yeah. So there's two ways that people, when you say um, bodies are different, or let's just kind of go up a notch and say students are different. There's really two ways that the differences come up. Number one is the way people process information. I think it's totally um, commonsensical in a way that as yoga teachers, we know that if we've got 10 people in our class, they all learn differently. There might be some higher level categories we can roll them up into, but not every person in that class is gonna be a visual learner or an auditory learner or a somatic learner. So that's number one. Number two, I think we have to kind of be um, specific about what we mean when everybody is different. Everybody has a femur. Everybody has a shoulder joint, you know, unless of course they have some kind of physical challenge or disability or traumatic injury of some kind. Those situations notwithstanding, everybody's body has similar parts. Now, having said that, of course, bodies are different. And bodies are not just bones, they're bones and muscles and fascia and tendons and ligaments and cartilage, joints move, the limbs and how all those things happen is unique from person to person. So having said that, what I help teachers do in terms of applying anatomy to different people is number one, cue in a way that is highly understandable and clear. And that is absolutely not what's happening in the yoga industry right now. Right now, what teachers often do is they teach from their experience in their own body, because that's something that they leverage when they're not sure how to clearly communicate something in an accessible way. You hear yoga teachers all all the time say, I teach from what I feel in my own body. Well, that's not helpful (laughs) for exactly the reason that you just said. What's going to be a somatic sensation in someone's body as a teacher is not always highly transferable to teaching. When we're teaching, we need to think about what's helpful for the student, not putting ourselves in our own experience of yoga. And then the second thing is, yes, bodies are different. Yes, muscles are different. People have different muscle compensations. This person has hamstrings that are tight. This person has hamstrings that are loose. But what that means is in order to provide an experience that has a high degree of accessibility and a low degree of risk, we as yoga teachers need to understand anatomy and create sequences that have a high degree of accessibility. And that means the poses you pick have to be very intentionally picked and use cues that are highly understandable. Because when we do those things, we mitigate risk and we make everything accessible for everybody there at the highest degree. Yeah, and I think you 
you touched on and many, many, many points there. But one thing is you can say a certain cue one way and notice in the classroom that no student does it. Right. Say the same exact cue in another way. Right. And you start to notice how students are catching on. So the way in which we hear. Right. I think that's right. such a great point is like, sometimes we have to deliver a certain cue in one way for certain students to be able to receive it. And then when you realize like, oh, they didn't receive that cue, if you know the body and understand the body, there's a different way to use that same cue with other words. Exactly. And, and exactly what you're saying, 100%, I agree with that. And what's underlying what you're saying, which you're not literally saying, but I know you know, but I want to point it out to the listeners, is that you cannot be practicing with your students. You have to be looking at them. And see, this is another challenge that teachers often have, especially during the pandemic when things were 100% virtual. I teachers kept saying to me, I, I'm practicing the whole class online with my students. Now, granted, there's a whole different ball of wax when you're teaching online with respect to how much you can see your students. But let's imagine we're, we're no longer in a pandemic scenario and everybody's back to teaching in person. In my opinion, and we can talk about this further if you want, but in my opinion, teachers should not be practicing with their students unless there's some intentional reason like they are, like they're at a boot camp in Costa Rica and hey, we're all practicing together or some special reason. General yoga classes, teachers need to be standing there, saying their cues and looking. And then if as you say, most of the people aren't doing what you just said, reframe it and then move on. And that's oftentimes not happening because either teachers are practicing with their students or they're way up in their head. They're like freaking out. They're saying things that they don't know the why behind. They have a background script going on in their mind that even though they're not practicing, is making it difficult for them to find their words. You know, I always use the metaphor of if you go into a room and it's dark and you've never been in this room before and you're searching for the light switch and you're banging your hand against the wall by the door and you can't find it. That's what it's like when yoga teachers are searching for the right words to use as they're cueing their students. And those students are in that dark room and in their head, they're like, just tell me what you want me to do. But the teacher is just feeling along the wall. They're just saying, well, do this or do that. And they're throwing out words like contract and engage. And, you know, and so I'm not saying all of this to make anybody feel badly. And obviously I can't make anybody feel any particular way. What I am doing though, is I'm, I'm trying to be forthright in a way, um, in a real way with, um, this topic because it's so important to me that it be discussed so that teachers can be more empowered around their teaching and feel more confident. And, and that's why I, I call out a lot of this stuff that I really don't think in general gets discussed in this kind of frank way. Yeah. And I love what you said about 
observing the students rather than practicing. Um, as a yoga teacher trainer, I always told my students, this isn't your time for practice. And if you're on your mat doing the postures, you're not observing your students. You don't see what lands, you don't see what doesn't land. And when you're a yoga teacher, you want to be able to teach to the classroom. You can't be teaching to the classroom from your yoga mat because you can't see everyone. You know, you need to be in a place specifically in the room where you can scan your students. Right. And, you know, why yoga anatomy is so important is like we teachers don't want our students to hurt. We don't want there to be pain. And if you're practicing and you're on your mat, you're not doing your job. You're not, you know, the leader in the room making sure that your students are safe. And so I think that, you know, being able to be off the mat and, and witness that your cues are landing and, and know why you're saying certain cues, because one thing that I always taught in my teacher trainings is these are my cues that I'm telling you work. These are the alignment of warrior to heel to heel alignment, knee over ankle. But you need to know in your body why that's happening. Like, what is that doing to the other surrounding muscles? What is that doing to the joints and the tendons? And you can only know that from practicing. But then your practice becomes separate when you're teaching. So how to separate the two? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think, you know, you're right. The looking um, is is so key and and really the amazing thing for teachers i mean think about what we do as yoga teachers we basically stand up there and have a conversation with ourselves nobody is giving us any verbal feedback so in terms of the modality or the scenario it's pretty unique i mean a personal trainer works with somebody one on one we work with groups a personal trainer gets feedback from that person as they're going through the sequence we do not so all we have to depend on really is what we can see as the reaction in our students and you know we can separate reaction from like what we can assume their feeling quote unquote by looking at their face, but I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about their reaction in terms of their muscular or not even just the, the way their body moves, kind of like you said before. And so given that no one's talking to us to give us feedback along the way, all we can do is look at them. And the amazing thing is when, as you described before, when we say something, like when we give a series of cues for I don't know, extended side angle, and you see people, because you're not practicing, do what you're suggesting. That is a feedback loop that will build your confidence unlike anything else, because now you're seeing the fruits of your labor. You're seeing, you learned the anatomy, you learned how to provide cues in an easy, understandable way for the majority of people in general, and now you're using what you learned and people are doing it. That complete feedback loop is how teachers build their confidence. And it's the light bulb goes off in your head. And just like you say, you start to build a repertoire of, I'm definitely gonna say that again. I'm definitely gonna use that cue again. And the magical thing about that is it's coming from what you know. It's not like you're walking in with a journal with a whole script of stuff that you were told to say, which is a very, you know, it's, it's, I think a place to start, but it's not a sustainable way to teach. 
Yeah, and I love what you said, the confidence that builds when you see that your cues deliver, because what happens when you have optimal alignment, you're able to take your students so much farther. And that's so exciting when you're in the front of the room, you're cueing and you see them go farther in the postures. And at the end of class, they're like, I've never been able to do that. And you're like, yeah, it's because you have the anatomy going for yourself. And so when you're able to use anatomy in a way that allows your students to open in a way that they never have before, that's going to give you the confidence to keep sharing those cues that you know worked because you're getting the feedback from your students. Yeah, ab absolutely. I mean, when you think about how teachers are typically trained around the teaching skills. So if we just hone in on giving cues, building sequences, and answering questions from your students. If you think about, those are the skills I want as a teacher, and now I'm going to work backwards and think about what knowledge do I need to have those three, have those three skills. You know, when we're out there teaching, what we're really trying to do is help people understand what we want them to be doing. And for many teachers, even just something like sharing with their students in a series of cues about a particular pose like warrior one. What's the point of this pose? Why, why are we doing this? That oftentimes gets missed. And so as a result, something as basic as helping the student understand why am I even doing this is not being shared. And that's a big gap on the student's part in their mind. Like, so many students will say, you know, what's even the point of this pose? So that's a really good place to start in terms of putting something more in a framework where you're coming at your teaching from the perspective of what's going to be most helpful for the student. And then piggybacking off what you just said, understanding more about anatomy is not just for us to feel super psyched that we're saying something and we're seeing the action happen. I mean, I've had so many conversations with students about the underlying anatomy of like half pigeon or downward dog because they've come up to me and they've said, hey, how come you asked us in downward dog to roll the inner eyes, the elbows forward? And I was able then to go into a conversation beyond what I could do in the context of teaching the class to describe to this person what external rotation of the shoulders are, what muscles create external rotation, why those muscles tend to be weak, why they're in the posterior aspect of the shoulder capsule, why external rotation is important to do in downward dog. And I'm able to break it down in an understandable way. And that person has said to me, and I've had this conversation multiple times, I never knew that was what was happening. I will never do downward dog the same way again. And so this is another feedback loop to the teacher that you are changing that person's approach to their practice forever. So your impact is now expanding from this one yoga class to their whole life of doing yoga. So this is how the knowledge of anatomy and being able to translate it into those three skills is an exponential investment you're making in yourself to increase your impact as a teacher. I love that so much. And to be able to increase our impact is something that I'm so about. It's like, how can we 
have make be a bigger impact to our students, to the people around us. And when we find alignment in our physical bodies, the depth of alignment that we find in our lives off of the mat, it's just a ripple effect. And just having this conversation with you, I'm like, I'm going to bring her to Costa Rica for my <laughs> yoga teacher training. So you guys listening, um, you'll have to come. Um, it, it's really deep. And I would love for you now to kind of just share with us your program, your process and you know, what makes your program different than just any other yoga teacher training where, you know, they go through manuals or they have the anatomy guy up in front, like, could yeah. you tell us a little bit more? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I just, um, well, first of all, thank you. And I would totally love to come to Costa Rica it, before COVID it was on my bucket list and it's been kind of shelved, but if I have a legit reason to go, I'm definitely getting on a plane and going through the process. So I I'm totally in for that. Um, I will say uh, in regards to the program, so I just recently graduated someone this week from it and she wrote this review and she said something like specific to what you just asked. The reason Karen's program is different is because you know 100% something along the lines of she truly cares about your success. And you know, for me, what makes my program different is really two things. Number one, no yoga teacher wants to buy an online course and do it. Even though I have a course as part of my program, I know that I can sit there and tell people till the cows come home, I've got this anatomy course and they're going to probably be like, yeah, sounds great. And then never buy it because who wants to like add something to their to-do list? So that's number one. So it's not just a course, it's a program. So that's one thing that makes it different. The next thing is my way of teaching anatomy is unique in that it is a step-by-step -step process and it only focuses on just the key things you need to know. Why? Because, hey, if I tried to teach you everything about the body, you'd never buy that program because it'd probably be three years long, if not longer. <laughs> the other thing is we're not operating on people. We're not treating people. We're not clinicians. I mean, I started out, my undergraduate path was to become a physical therapist, which I, after three years said, you know what? I really want to work with the whole person, not just their limbs. So I got my undergrad degree in rehab counseling. I worked in a clinical setting for head injured patients. I worked as a social worker. So, you know, I have had that clinical background and I you know, was trained to know a lot more than I use as a yoga teacher. And so when I train teachers on anatomy, I give them a step-by-step -step process. So the overwhelm is gone and I focus them on the key things they need to know, because right now where most yoga teachers are is they did their 200 hour training. They don't feel like they understand anatomy. And so they're out there on the interwebs trying to figure it out. One day they're reading about fascia. One day they're reading about cartilage. One day they're reading about hip joint. It's impossible to learn anatomy that way. So key things only, step-by-step -step process. And then the last thing is I give them coaching calls to supplement the course. And the process is a learning rewards process. So I know that as psyched as a teacher is when he or she uh, signs up for the program, when they sign up, that excitement will wane and their staying on track behavior will drop unless they're in a structured process. So what I offer them is 
you're going to do the course part on your own, but we're going to get together three times over the course of 90 to 120 days. Those coaching calls are an opportunity for you to ask questions and for us to do some practice teaching where you can start to put all that stuff into practice. For every coaching call that you do with me within that 90 to 100 day per 120 day period, I'm gonna give you back a learning reward. You're gonna get $25 back at the first call, $25 back at the second call, and $50 back at the third call. So essentially when they graduate from my program, they'll have earned back $100 of their investment and along the way that like, I hate to phrase it in this way, but that kind of like dropping in or dosing of a reward keeps them on track. And so between the coaching and the anytime support from me, not anybody else, I don't have any assistance or any of that, and focusing on the key things and the step-by-step, -step, all of that together is what makes my program absolutely unique and different. And the feedback, the reviews on my, uh, uh, on the page itself, the offer page that goes out when I open enrollment are a testament to that. And it's been a process of me creating these other facets as I've had teachers go through it and give me feedback. The first year I had the program, a lot of teachers signed up and they didn't complete it. And I was like, that's not what I want. I'm not looking to just sell it and make, I want to, I want the teachers to invest in it and get the most out of their investment. And the only way they can do that is if they finish it. And so I thought along the way, Hey, why don't I give them an incentive to finish it? And what better incentive than to earn back some of what you spent? So all of that together is what really not only makes my program different, but makes it a successful endeavor for any teacher who enrolls. Yeah, it sounds very in-depth. And anyone that's taken the course, I'm sure the program here is one lucky person to have invested <laughs> in yourself, invested in their teachings and you know the teacher that they're becoming. Where can the listeners find you if they're like, yep, that's the course that I've been needing. That's the program that I need. I need the accountability. I need the in-depth structure. I need yeah. someone to let me teach it to them and give me feedback. Where can they find you? Yeah. So the best place, the easiest place where most of your listeners probably are already where you are, where we're connected is Instagram. So my brand is bare bones yoga. I don't have a studio. I'm an independent yoga teacher, but I picked that brand name over 15 years ago. And that's kind of stuck with me. So they can find me on Instagram as bare bones yoga, my website, which literally as of today has been completely rehauled, um, is barebonesyoga.com. And on the homepage, there is um, not only all the reviews from many of the teachers who have been through the program, but the waitlist link. I open enrollment several times throughout the year. So the best thing for your listeners to do if they hear this and they're like, hmm, this sounds interesting, is to go to my website, get on the wait list right there on the homepage. And also, or maybe in lieu of that, just send me a DM on Instagram and just say, hey, I heard you on Amber's podcast. I'm totally interested in learning more. And I would love to just open up a chat conversation with them about it so either of those two avenues avenues would be great amazing karen and i will link all of that in the show notes thank you cool.
everyone um, for listening. Thank you, Karen. She, thank you. He be my guest speaker um, and teacher trainer um, in our upcoming uh, yoga teacher training 200 hour next year, 2022. Keep your eyes open. Yeah, super excited. It, it, this, this conversation inspired me and it's something that is a lifelong practice. There's never one day you're going to wake up and know everything about anatomy, but every every time you invest in learning more about the body, you know, I've been to many cadavers, cadavers being, you know, uh, dissecting um, human bodies, (laughs) you know, it's not a fun thing to do, but every single time you invest in learning more about the human body, you understand it deeper. And so if you are listening, you want to know more, highly recommend going, checking out Karen's page. And as you all know, the most sacred intimate relationship that you will ever have is the one with yourself. So invest in getting to know your own anatomy so that you can understand your students as well. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you. And I want to thank you. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast. It's an honor to know that people are listening and gaining value while generating their own insight. For more actionable tools and practices, head over to my Facebook group, www.facebook.com groups slash yoga for inner peace to learn more practices that you can put into your toolbox to reduce stress, build confidence, and create a community of other women who are like you wanting to better their lives to better their communities. Thank you again for being here. And if you're on social, post a photo of you listening to this and tag me, Amber Hagberg, so we can hang out online and continue growing this relationship, first from the inside and then from the outside. I'll see you on the next episode.